Hey everyone, today I am interviewing Peter from Serbia. Very interesting discussion we have today because it's not every day that here at FI Europe we get to interview someone from Serbia. So if you're looking for a quite a different perspective to financial independence and a realization that really anyone can get on their path to FI, this episode is for you. Welcome to the Financial Independence Europe podcast, where we interview people from all 44 European countries, all of them, about optimizing your life, geo-arbitrage, and making the most of your money. This was your hosts, Alvar, Arminta, and Matthias. Hello, everyone. Today, I am interviewing Peter from Holt Catchfire, living in Serbia. We're going to be discussing what it's like to reach financial independence in Serbia, a country that we don't really talk much about on the podcast. So I'm quite excited today to dig into what it's like to get started in Serbia. So with me, I have Peter. Hey, Peter. Hey, everyone. Before we you know, dive deep, can you tell us a bit uh, who you are and uh, what are you doing right now in, in Serbia? My name is Peter and I'm the blogger behind hardcatchfire.com and I'm a Hungarian guy living in Serbia with my family. I have a wife and we have two daughters and I work as a web application developer. Nice. We want to be focusing today on, on what it's like to reach financial independence in, in Serbia, which is not a very common country in the financial independence community. So could you tell us a bit about what, what is your background growing up in Serbia? What, what is it like to, to live there? I think that reaching financial independence in Serbia is not an easy task. To explain why, I think that we have to look a little bit back in time. When I was born, <laughs> this country wasn't called Serbia. It was the Socialist Federal Republic of Yugoslavia. So it was a much bigger country. And by the time I was born in 1984, it was living the end days of the golden years of communism over here. And in the next 15 years, we had a very stormy history. There was war included, hyperinflation, economic disasters and and such stuff. And I think that this country is still recovering from those years. I was born in a blue-collar family. My parents were factory workers, but I have seen many experiences in terms of financial background and economic situations, because um, while my parents were working in a factory, they also were side-hustling. And one of my grandfathers was a gastarbeiter in Germany. He spent 17 years working there. And my other grandparents basically were running their own business. My grandmother is still alive and she still does. And there were good years and worse. And we have been in many, many types of situations. But I always had what I needed. Cool. So you're you growing up in a country, obviously, that went through a lot of conflicts. That's quite interesting. Can you tell us a bit maybe how this impacted you as a child growing up, seeing all these, I know, financial, I, I don't know them myself, but maybe financial crashes or, or hyperinflation. That's something that really 
impact you as as a young person, as a child. So could you tell us a bit how this how this impacted you? How did you feel after these impacts? Back in the time, basically in the start of the nineties, that big federal republic started to fall apart and that caused a huge, huge financial recession, may I say. And that caused that the money we were using, the Serbian dinar, was so volatile that you cannot really trust your money. I dig up some data and it said that there were days when the inflation was around 64% in a day. So basically, when you get your salary, it was burning holes in your burning holes in your pockets. So people were rushing to spend it because money loses its value. And there was a shortage on foreign currency, which, which was more stable. And because of this background, I think that people still don't really trust the local money and the local government. And they have a skepticism about the stability. Despite this whole period ended in 1999, so 20 years now, the economy is more or less stable, but uh, but still we have problems, I think. The salaries are not really high here. If you look, look at the stats, it says that the average salary in Serbia is 462 euros per month net. But the median salary is about 350 euros. And I think that this is closer to the reality. Yeah, that's pretty harsh. Quite a different situation than one I grew up in, for example. So I guess you you grew up with uh, this hyperinflation and this lack of confidence in the system probably. Did it make you feel scared about having money or or of not having money, I mean? Uh, Were you always scared of being poor and... Is this what propelled you to be careful about your money? Do you think that's, that has an element in it? Yes. Over here, people are frugal, not because of a trend, but because of necessity. So we always had to be intentional with our money. And actually, we were lucky because I live in the northern region and we didn't face war directly. We were more more facing with the economical effect. And that whole situation caused that people here never really thought about the local money as their uh, primary money. Before, we used the German mark, Deutsche Mark. And since it was exchanged by euro, we are using euros to know the value of things. So, for example, if you come to Serbia and ask how much does a house cost or how much does a car cost, and someone tells you in dinners, actually, you don't, you don't have a, an idea of how much is that, really. That's because we get used to using euros all the time. Wow, that's interesting. So there's a similar situation going on right now in, in Argentina and Venezuela, and it's certainly something that happens in in quite a lot of countries and it's hard to control so but moving back to your personal uh situation how did you get to the the current job that you're at right now what was your path i started the 
secondary school, <laughs> actually that year in 1999, when the conflict was just over. And I started my studies in Hungary because at the start of the year, almost exactly 20 years ago, there was bombing falling on this country. And my parents told me that it would be a better choice if I uh, go to study in Hungary. You studied programming in school, that's correct? Yes. I went to university also in Hungary. Just didn't finish it, but then returned to Serbia and I uh, received my bachelor's degree. Actually in industrial automation, but I uh, studied programming all the time, so I became a programmer. That's very cool. And that's where your your Holt Catch Fire name comes from, and it's what you dedicate your life to now, uh, programming. Yes, yes. I'm working for a, for a company now. It's a... It's a global company which provides uh, software solutions for top pharma companies. And so um, you've always been frugal and, and financially minded. And as you said, uh, most people in Serbia are out of necessity. And what made you specifically focus on financial independence? Like, did you have a, a certain moment that you realized, actually, there's more to to just working did you have a certain moment or did you read a certain book? How did you discover really the world of, of financial independence? Well, when I started work, I didn't earn much. So because of the bad financial situation here in Serbia, if you were able to earn that much to pay your bills and put food on the table and maybe go for a holiday in a year, that was perfect. You, you, you were successful. So I wasn't really interested in finances for, for a year or so. And what changed my mindset was that I became a father. And by the time my daughter, my old, older daughter born, I was changing jobs and I started to earn a little more. And when I had a little surplus, I was thinking thinking about what should I do with that. And that was the time when I was looking for how can I invest it into something and what are the options. And that searching led me to to the financial independence and first of all the personal finance blogosphere. And like many others, I started with Mr. Money Mustache and then started to follow a lot of blogs, mainly from the, from the United States. And first, I thought that I should become an investor. <laughs> and I took part in two courses, one in dividend investing and the other was about option trading. Then I realized that, uh, yeah, the financial situation wasn't sufficient to go, go that part so i was keep searching and i don't know maybe my daughter was about two years old and one day i was leaving for work in the morning and she ran to me and asked that daddy where are you go and i told her that i have to go to work and she asked that why and i told her that because i have to and basically i left her there 
with tears in her eyes. And I was thinking that I have to, to find a way out of this. And that, that was the, that moment which changed my mindset. And that was when I decided that I will, I will follow the FI path on the long run. Wow, that's a very, very emotional aha moment. And it's one that I've actually seen quite recurring among other bloggers when you finally become a father or a mother and you realize that you actually want to spend more time with your children than you realize financial independence is something that allows you to do that. So it makes, it makes sense. And now you're on your path to financial independence. And what kind of, uh, are, are you continuously saving part of your income? And what, what other tools and strategies are you using to reach financial independence in, in Serbia specifically? Actually, I'm just at the start of the journey and we are heading towards payment freedom. May I say that that freedom. So we have a, a mortgage. We bought our house four years ago and currently we don't do any investing. I just want to get rid of the, the debt as soon as possible. And according to the plan, plans, this will happen in this year. And after that, I will have a look at which journey sh should I follow. If I take into account our current uh, savings rate and financial situation, if we keep going on this path, according to the calculators online, <laughs> reaching FI would take 20 years, which, which is not, not a short period of time, but still... I would be 50, 55 by the time, so it's still early retirement. If you take into account that in Serbia, uh, the retirement age is also 65. So first, we, we try to get rid of that debt, and then I will have a think that how can we accelerate that journey. <laughs> yes, that, um, that's pretty courageous, I think, uh, because I 20 years, but you'll still be reaching early retirement so that's that's obviously a huge win compared to what other people have wow congrats <laughs> uh, and and this year you're gonna be you're gonna be debt free that's amazing and maybe moving back a bit to to serbia in itself we've talked a bit about the past of how it used to be yugoslavia and this hyperinflation made it quite difficult to uh, have confidence in the system how about now? What is the system like in terms of saving? Does is Serbia a country that encourages you to save? Do you have tax advantaged accounts for the future? Maybe if you could tell us a bit like the the specifics of what you're using in Serbia to reach FI. Unfortunately, I have to tell that the financial system and the money markets aren't so well developed over here. It took a year for me to research how can you invest at all <laughs> because the local options are pretty similar what is accessible in the West, like insurance, whole life insurance, private pension funds, actively managed funds. Basically, the, these are the accessible uh, things here which have high cost as we know, in the community. And I was uh, researching what uh, more cost-effective options do we have. And 
finally one of my friends started to go that path and he made the the research and actually you can invest in the way the financial bloggers teach the index investing just you have to learn uh, learn or speak english and you have to do this on your own because i think that there are more than 20 brokerage houses in serbia but as far as i know only one has an online interface and even that one uses the interactive brokers interface so they are basically just the sub brokers and in terms of tax advantages there aren't many options for that there is not nothing like the 401k or i don't know how they call it in the united kingdom the only one i found that if you have a, a voluntary private pension fund you can contribute 50 euros per month and in case if if your employer does this on your part then you don't have to pay the the 10 percent personal tax for that and maybe your company can also pay 50 euros per month on your behalf and they don't have to pay any taxes on that but to be honest i don't know any company who does this and i don't know many people who have a voluntary pension fund maybe the high costs could be also the the cause and so locally i don't see anything comparable to uh, to foreign investing so matthias have you ever talked about dividend stocks estonian companies or how frugal you are on the first dates or with one of your colleagues I tried it once with a colleague and he said, dividend what? Aha, uh-huh. do you know I actually have a retreat that covers this all? Oh, tell me more. So this retreat, it's all about workshops and talks together with like-minded folks who share their knowledge with you. Oh, sounds awesome. Do you have also barbecue, yoga and surfing? And are we able to have a glass of wine? Actually, yes, we do. That's all together combined in Portugal. But the most important question of the day, when is this actually? Will it be in 2019? It's actually in 2019, at 24th of May to 27th at Agave in Portugal, near the ocean. And we have also a pool for people who don't like nature. That actually sounds pretty good. And then where do I find this? Head over to financial-independence.eu slash retreat. That's R-E-T-R-E-A-T. So yeah, winter's shit. Looking forward to it. Yeah, so the pension plans make it a bit complicated, but you can invest kind of through interactive brokers, a subsection of interactive. That's interesting. And um, could you make break down the tax brackets that are in, in Serbia? What what are the taxes that you have to pay in your country? Um, first of all, there's a 10% personal tax rate for your salary, and you pay almost 20% in social security, which includes 14% for pension and disability insurance, 5.15% health insurance, and 0.75% unemployment insurance. So it adds up to almost 20%, and almost the same amount is paid by your employer. And you don't really have tax brackets, just if you earn a lot. So 
the the law says that if you earn three to six times the average salary annual average salary then on that part you are taxed another 10 percent and if you earn more than six six times the average annual salary then you are taxed on that part another 15 percent nice okay that that makes sense that's quite similar i think to how western countries uh tax their citizens yeah, 20% and then it's pretty much 40% and then, yeah, so that's, that's quite uh, similar. And then moving on a bit to real estate, you are very close to owning your home. Woo! Is real estate investing a thing in Serbia? Would you buy a house to let it out? Actually, maybe I'm living in my little bubble because I'm living in a bigger city. And I don't know if the same as the situation in bigger cities, but here you cannot really find a house to rent. We we tried to find one back then when we were searching, but I wasn't able to find a single one. You can rent flats. That's that's a common thing, but, but full houses, not really. And I see people are buying flats. So probably it makes financial sense to to invest in real estate but as far as i know the the prices and and the rents it doesn't really looks a very interesting option for me basically in my in my city currently the square meter price is around a thousand euros and in a let's say in a 50 50 square meter flat that costs you 50000 euros and you can collect about 150 euros per month. So I won't do the calculation in head, but that is very much below that 2%, what the real estate gurus say. <laughs> yeah, or 1%, even... Yeah. yeah which yeah, is, yeah, yeah. in Europe in general, it's pretty unattainable, I think. It's mostly for Americans. But, yes. uh, yeah, yeah. But also this has another side. So if you are a foreigner and you come here, the cost of living is very low here compared to, I don't know, compared to the States. It can be, I don't know, one-fifth or something like that. Wow. So if you are, for example, a young adult or a young couple or something, you rent out a 50 square meter flat for 150 euros and you pay another and 50 to 100 euros in utilities and basically you are done <laughs> and food is also not 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 expensive here i think and and it is very good in these northern parts where we live in Vojvodina it is very much an agricultural region so you have access to very good quality fruits vegetables meat and such products that's kind of what, what I wanted to talk to next. Uh, reaching financial independence in Serbia, you have an article on your on your blog where you describe that actually it's it's a pretty great place if you're if you're maybe uh, digital nomading or you're earning your income online. Serbia is a great place to really reduce your costs uh, because of the cost of living and and the food. Are there are there any other reasons why Serbia would be a, a great place to? To, you know, work on that financial independence journey? Well, I think that with Serbia, your first problem is 
to have enough money. Okay, that's the problem everywhere, but <laughs> if you move here and you have a, a good salary, I think that the, as you said, the taxation rules are very similar. So you will not lose much. And on the other side, you can benefit from the low cost because even if Serbia is not part of the European Union, we are close to everything. And there's the, the airport in Belgrade. There are many flights. I think that we have a flight directly to New York. And I don't know if this is important. Just this came to my mind that maybe Hungary doesn't have a direct flight to the United States. Yes. It basically depends. If you can have a good salary online, or if you are a freelancer or a digital nomad, or even if you can work in a company here which offers Western standard salaries, because I know that there are companies in bigger cities which do, which do that, then you can you can get over, you know, get further here <laughs> pretty fast. So you can get further with your money, that's what you mean? Yes, yes, yes. Ah, yeah, that's very important, I think, when you're trying to reduce costs. If you go, if you go to a cheaper living off area, then that's... And you're close to Europe, so it's uh, a good deal. And you personally, uh, just to finish off on an interesting note, what are your, your plans when it comes to financial dependence? Are you going to stay in, uh, in Serbia? And um, are you planning on keep on after your, your debts? after you get rid of the mortgage, is your goal to really to keep going uh, until financial independence? Could you tell us a bit what are your plans for the future? Well, the picture is not, not very clear for me. I want to find a way to accelerate the path to financial independence, and I don't really know which path should I follow. So I don't know if I want to go on, on that road to work full-time in another 20 years and then, yeah, cross the finish line. Basically, when my kids will be adults or if I want to reach for something else. What's the name when you step a little bit back and you just work less and live up your earnings? I think you'd call it a fully funded lifestyle change, something like that. <laughs> That's what the Choosify people call it anyway. So you mean just instead of trying to reach financial independence as soon as possible, you would focus more on changing your current lifestyle so that you can, you know, maybe have more time now with your children yes. instead of waiting for later. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That's, uh, I think, a big debate in the FI community, right? Uh, should I make as much money as I can now so I can retire early or, or should I focus on the now and actually try and change my lifestyle now? And so yeah. you would say you're in the in which, on which side do you think you are? I'm not sure. <laughs> I haven't decided yet. I know that I will continue this that freedom journey for now, and then maybe later when I will have some more savings, maybe I will go for a lifestyle change. I don't know yet, because when you become a parent, you suddenly start to to value your time much more. And it's because you can spend the time with your kids. And this is a huge priority for me. 
So that's when I say that maybe I I want to go on that road because as I will be 35 this year and I'm a late latecomer in this party. <laughs> if only I knew all this stuff back in my 20s, I could have worked much more and maybe earned much more and I would be further in that journey. But what can we do? This is the situation, so that's what we have to plan on. Well, you know what they say, uh, the best time was 20 years ago. Yeah. Second best time is now. So it doesn't really matter if you're a latecomer or not, as long as you get started. But I think it's it's quite fascinating what you're telling us, because maybe in in Serbia, the mentality is not to, I mean, it is to be frugal, but it's not to have this mindset of being completely free with your time. And I think the fact that you're already aiming for this is a huge step because now you know exactly what to do with your money. So yeah, it's very interesting. And it, uh, it certainly gives us a perspective when we're, we're from different countries, whether it's Germany or whatever. Okay, so question number one, where can we find you online? Um, as you mentioned, my blog is hotcatchfire.com. Mm-hmm. You can find my writings there. And my Twitter account is at underscore hardcatchfire. So you can contact me there or just send me an email at hardcatchfire.blog at gmail.com. And I don't really have any other social media or something sites. I'm kind of an anti-social media person. <laughs> and okay, that's fine. Question number two, what is one resource not well known that you would recommend it to others? It could be a blog, a podcast, a book. Um, I'm not sure if this is not very well known because it could be a very famous book, but I don't really see it come up much in the community. It is Wealth by Virtue by Chad Gordon. And... I'm currently in the process of reading it, didn't finish it yet, but it is very good. It uh, explains the financial principles very systematically and backed by a lot of data and examples and still in a funny way, (laughs) which is not really common. So I would say that this book is, is a very good source. I'm not sure how popular is it. No, I've never heard of it before, but I will link it in the show notes so anyone anyone can find it. Very cool. Interesting. And our last question is, what is your number one actionable tip for someone to get started on their path to FI? To turn off autopilot. Ooh, deep. So when I was coming up with the name Hard Catch Fire, it was intended to be a mindset also. So you have to halt before you can catch fire. So take a look around, think on your life and go on every aspect, your career, where are you living, your job and start question everything and try to find out if that is something really what you want or it is just something you were taught to do or expected to do and start to embrace the things which which are for you. And even if you don't don't change anything yet, then 
you will be in a better situation knowing that what are you doing is your choice, it's intentional, and you you are acting consciously. I, I like that. I like how you said question everything and question even the questions that you're asking. Everything. <laughs> yeah, that's good. That's, that's, uh, that's a good one. Well, Peter, thank you very much. I know you were a bit anxious about uh, talking on the podcast, but I'm really grateful that you came on. Uh, it's not every day that we have someone from Serbia on. And I think this uh, will put our listeners into perspective, really, because this is very interesting to hear from you, from your, from your country. I hope I have provided some interesting perspectives. Definitely, definitely. So that's all for today. Thank you, Peter, and we'll see you next time. Thank you. Thank you guys for listening to this episode. We hope you learned something new and enjoyed the show. You can support us by doing this. Subscribing to your favorite podcast program and leaving us a review. Following us on Instagram and Twitter at Financial Independence Europe. Sending us an email with questions and feedback. We would love to hear from you. All the mentioned articles, books and cool resources can be found in the show notes at financial-independence.eu. Thank you for listening and see you next time.